Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Reese, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So for everybody who doesn't know, we were supposed to have this first conversation today at four o'clock, which is right now. However, Reese has been doing something for us. So she decided to talk to us on the chat yesterday, uh, last night. And in that conversation, we talked about almost everything that we were going to talk about today. Um, so if you don't know, we already talked about quite a bit of this. So this is kind of the, uh, it was kind of an impromptu thing yesterday. So this is like the second um, installation of that um, conversation. Um, it was a rehearsal. Yep. That was our dry run. And uh, now we're ready for the real thing. So explain to everybody, um, one, who are you? How'd you find RPD? And uh, just your general story. Um, I, am, <clears throat> I live in Minnesota. My name is Reese. I'm Minnesota. I'm 35. I have two kids. I work in IT. Work from home. I've been working remote since before the pandemic. And I also do art commission. I have a graphic design degree. Illustrate. I write. I do art stuff on TikTok. And I think I followed you guys a while, a little while back. It wasn't immediate, like as soon as I joined the, the server. Uh, happened to see TikTok come through. I think it was Cisco on it. And he's talking about, you know, go join my Discord server. So I joined that one. I think it's like the third one I've joined that is D&D related content. And um, yeah, Cisco was like, we need an artist. And so I was doing some stuff like that with you guys. I'm usually a Pathfinder player. Um, so I've never played D&D, &D, but I mean, they're really closely related. So I usually was just making content for a D&D TikTok since there isn't any Pathfinder TikTok. Yeah, definitely a market to be getting into. Um, and on to Pathfinder. We had a whole conversation last night about Pathfinder, but tell people who don't know, especially like the newer 5e players, what is Pathfinder in your eyes? How did you get started playing Pathfinder? Um, and what do you see the differences are with Pathfinder and 5e? I know you don't play 5e, but it's so popular. I'm sure you can uh, relate to some of it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot. Yeah. Um, and I've learned a lot just from being on TikTok right now, too. Um, so from what I understand, and me being the nerd that I am, I actually have like Googled it and read about it. Um, so... Pathfinder is a game that was developed by some of the original developers before Wizards of the Coast bought 3.5 and then changed things and came up with, you know, uh, 4, you know, and then beyond. Um, so you can often, you'll hear the nickname Pathfinder is usually called 3.75 because mm -hmm. they largely kept it pretty close to 3.5. It might have changed some of the mechanics and some of the combat and stuff, but the lore is almost carbon copy the same. And um, I will say that Pathfinder, especially first edition, is way, I guess, from, from what I understand, is it is quite a bit more difficult than fifth edition. Fifth edition's more been created for, like, anybody who wants to get into tabletop RPG. It's, you know, very streamlined and very forgiving, you know, sort of game to play. Um, I learned Pathfinder because my husband has been a Pathfinder player since... They split, you know, from 3.5 when he was a teenager. And so he taught me Pathfinder and he doesn't play anything else. <laughs> and um, so I don't know anybody that plays 5th edition. 
so I haven't had a chance to play it, but yeah, Friday I will, so... Yep, for those of you who don't know, I'll be running a one-shot this Friday. Reese is in it. It's going to be, it looks really great. Basically, we have a teddy bear. We have, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say your character's a runaway bride, just for short. <laughs> uh, we have a turtle who is going to be basically a Boy Scout, and it's a murder mystery type of situation. So it'll be first time playing 5e. Uh, I will tell you this. I think once after you get done playing it, you'll be like, oh, this is... Pathfinder is like 12 times harder than this. So this will be a walk in the park, I feel like, for sure, for you. So speaking cool. to your... Artificer, so... What's that? I, I picked the Artificer for class, and I know that that one's a little bit more challenging. That's, so. that's, that's like the one. I've had one player try to play an Artificer, and it was like... And he was a brand new player, but he, he thought it sounded cool, and it just did not work out mm -hmm. for him. But he came, he came from like no background. I think coming from Pathfinder, Artificer might be like easy for you and it's like harder yeah, i was reading about it when i was like building building out the class and stuff and i was like reading the stuff that i get to do and i'm like well this is just a little bit different but you know what in all honesty it just feels like i get to do more than i expected i was going to be able to do so i'm looking forward to it and i love i'm very role play heavy even in pathfinder yeah that's the that's the negative i've heard that from a few people i've heard a few people say uh 5e is more about role play and 3.5 and pathfinder about combat but after talking Definitely. to you last night, you were saying, actually, we do RP just as much, if not more, than anybody else. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, and, um, I mean, I would say I joined a table of, like, you, what you would, I guess, picture as, like, a table of nerd guys, you know, like, total just, um, and I think they definitely brought an element of role play into it, and, um, my husband's very theatrical. He's got a lot of charisma. So you got that charisma bonus. He's great as a GM. Yeah, yeah, all of it and none for me, but I got a lot of intelligence. So you know, <laughs> we, but, um, but yeah. So and then um, what's funny about me is I I might not be very actually not a very social person, and um, when I get into character, it's almost like I dissociate completely. And he was like, it's weird to see you get into character and you getting intensely into character. And he was like, there's sometimes where I thought you'd been mad at me <laughs> when you were in character, but you're not actually mad. And he's like, you'll flip it like a switch and suddenly you're out of character and everything's fine. And you're serving dinner <laughs> to, to everybody. So, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, role play heavy. We get into our character stories and we banter back and forth. It's just, I think, from what I understand, my impression is that um, fifth edition is way more forgiving to the players, right? Yeah. I, I, is like way more forgiving to the players so you you don't you don't have to worry about dying on first level it, yeah and like every dm's different yeah. for sure you know okay um, but um yeah i would say 5e is grossly easier as far as not dying in the rule set and everything than pathfinder mm -hmm. i've spoken to like four you you and your husband are like the fourth or fifth individuals i've talked about pathfinder and every one of them have been like if your character dies your character dies. No skin off my back. And like in 5e, like if your character dies in the first couple levels, it's like it's like almost like a DM is is shot down. Like he's like, hey, you went way too hard on him at fourth or five, you know, early earlier on. But if you look at the monster yeah. manual in 5e, it's hard to kill a character if you're going by like the challenge rating of it. So it's always fascinating yeah. for me to talk to Pathfinder players. And that's one reason for people who don't know. Um, Reese and her husband. What's your husband's name? Because I keep calling him Reese's or Reese's husband. Uh, he's Nick. Nick. It's okay. Nick. 
Nick and Reese. Um, Nick and Reese are kind of going to be more involved uh, if they have time in the Pathfinder tab uh, of our Discord. So I'm interested. A few people were already talking about it uh, yesterday that are interested. There might be a one-shot involved. If nothing else, it's just information being being shared. Um, so I had always good. talked about wanting to DM Pathfinder anyway. I, I've not DM'd or GM'd at, um, as a in Pathfinder yet. I GM Starfinder, our Starfinder campaign, because I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. So sure. uh, we picked up that and, and kind of ran with it to give me, like, get my feet in, per se, to kind of, like, get used to the GMing, because Starfinder is a little bit more forgiving. It's a little bit more like second edition Pathfinder. Second edition, I hear combat's um, a little bit easier hmm. than... Um, than first edition so starfinder is very similar to the easy you know or they made some changes where it's a little bit more forgiving as far as like you're not gonna die right away you know um if you roll bad you know yeah um but so i would love to dm a pathfinder campaign i've been talking about it you know with my husband like a lot and he's actually you know sat there and quizzed me about various things in combat just to kind of like see if i understand how to run combat the only thing i don't know is roll 20 so I, I think I've spent maybe 15 minutes on Roll20 two years ago. Oh, really? I literally just spent an entire week on Roll20 for our one shot. So if you ever want to yeah. jump in and, uh, you know, try to learn it together. I was showing Cisco some last night, too. Absolutely. Yeah, also, I was thinking, I don't know anything about it, really. <laughs> also, so. I have Incarnate. It's a map making. I love that map maker. Oh, you, yeah. So you, do you have it? A friend has it and makes maps on it all the time. Okay. showing yeah. All the time. If you made a world or you wanted like a scene written or printed off, just let me know. Maybe I can help you out. Okay, perfect. Cool. Yeah, because cool. I noticed that like if you're world world building as a DM, and we'll get to the second question here. I asked Sensational this. I'm sure your husband has his own reserves on it, but there's modules out there. I'm not sure if you're familiar with what a module is, but it's basically like a, a book you're handed, and it's it's like the whole campaign's on that book. Okay, um, like a... Pathfinder has adventure paths. Exactly. Are... Yep. Yep. Yeah. But I noticed that a lot of DMs, including myself, will veer off from that and just create their own world. Is that what your husband does? Oh, yeah. We're both strictly homebrew. Yep. And sure. Yeah. 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 Um, why Why is it? Why, does, why do DMs inevitably go that route? I think it's the freedom. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I guess for me... Personally, it would be the freedom of being able to tell the story the way that I want to tell it and then yeah. improvising. Like, uh, from what I understand with Adventure Paths is, you know, you do have it set up in a way where you can branch off if you want to, but inevitably you kind of need them to meet these tiers or these goals set in the book in order for the story to kind of move that way. Um, and maybe you just need to pull elements. I mean, if I ever had a book adventure path, I'd probably just be like, let me see if I could pull two sentences of an idea out of this and then I'll just run my own thing because it's too strict to have to read a book and go by that, you know? Yep. Um, I think it just takes away from me being able to work around the general kind of like, you know how like a party can totally send you in an opposite direction from what you intended for them, you know? Yep. And I and roll with that better if I just have sort of an idea in mind you know all right well if they go this route maybe I'll have them encounter this if they go this route I'll have them encounter this and I just have some ideas of characters that I might want them to meet and I don't really I mean I prep pretty hardcore but I generally improvise a lot <laughs> beyond the sure, preps sure 
Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100%. I think every DM I talk to that goes that route says the same things. I want to be able to do something in my world. I don't want to have to rely on a module, and it just makes it all better. And I, I totally agree. It's, it just seems to be inevitable for DMs to go that path. Um, mm-hmm. So this Friday, you're going to do 5e in the one shot that we mentioned earlier. What are your what are your thoughts on it? Like what? And first of all, why did you do it? Why did you decide to jump in on it? Um, and secondly, what are your thoughts going from Pathfinder to Five E? Um, so the only uh, viewpoints that I have are from the impression that it left on Nick when he did it. You know, years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been told it's a lot easier. I have been told that um, I'm not going to like it very much, maybe because of my inability to do certain things, um, especially at level six. So I was very surprised at, um, so when I built the level six character on on D&D Beyond um, and I was reading through it and I was looking at the stats, especially the ability scores and stuff, the numbers are lower, like drastically lower than what I would be used to at level six for um, Pathfinder. So I was like, wow, you know, but then again, I've never seen like a DM do anything and I've never seen your guys's how you set up encounters for that level and stuff like that. So maybe it evens out or it's balanced, you know, and I have no idea. And I'm like, it just feels like I'm so weak at level six, you know, whereas like once you get past level four in Pathfinder, if you somehow survive, I, you start to be able to do some pretty cool stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, it just felt, and your, and your numbers are way higher and you know what I mean? And, and, and so it's, it's weird, you know, and so um, like maybe it will be more role play heavy, you know, I've been told that, you know, maybe it's more reliant upon, you know, interacting with the characters and it's less upon and I've seen a couple Twitch streams of uh, D&D TikTokers, they they run some Twitch streams, I think DM Strife, Strife, I think he's a really cool dude, okay. watch his, um, he has a, an adventure path for pirates that he's running for some people. I watched that and I noticed that a lot of things that I would expect as skill checks in Pathfinder didn't happen as skill checks in fifth edition. Like you don't have to roll for a perception every time, which I thought was strange because we have to roll perception for everything almost all the time. You know, um, you can't, you, you, if you want to roll perception and try to do something cool, you got to roll, you got to roll something. It's always a skill check. You know, you don't just get to do whatever, you know, and you rely very heavily upon what you've made on your character sheet, which maybe comes maybe where the role play comes from you're only as good as what you could do yeah so so, so to uh not to cut you off but i did want to mention a few things one is i've been told on a few occasions that i ask for way too many ability checks when i do things so i think you'll find that the way i'm going to dm is you're still going to have to do those ability checks you know that, that's, the way, <laughs> yeah. that's just the way i do it because i think i feel the same exact way um Every time I talk to a Pathfinder player, I always feel like, man, I like the 5e rule set, but I like the players in five in Pathfinder. So I think it'll be a good, it'll be right in the middle, hopefully. Um, additionally, there is something for, with your stats for pro- proficiency bonuses, and you'll find that when you get on D&D Beyond. Like if you're proficient, if you choose to be proficient in Charisma, it'll add plus three to um, your stats at sixth level, I think. Yeah, so it won't show it up right away, but when you go to play, you'll have proficiency with it and you'll notice that that it'll have more um okay i I don't know if it's the same as pathfinder but but there's some things you'll be proficient with it's called and you'll get to do a little more with it 
Um, yeah, rolling with advantage and disadvantage I'd never heard of until, you know, I started following some fifth edition players and, and they kind of talked about it a little bit. Like that doesn't exist in Pathfinder. So there are some things that like are interesting and and I'm very into role play, so I don't see why I wouldn't enjoy this game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I just think it would be a little bit easier than I'm used to. And it's going to be a learning curve. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go in there and be like, I'm awesome because I play Pathfinder. I don't yeah, know yeah, this. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think I can do is be in character really well, you know, so. Yeah, no, I think you're going to pick it up pretty quick because we played a one shot, the first one shot a week and a half ago. I was a player and Twisted was the DM. We had two 3.5 players and a player that's never played before. And we got through the module or we got through the game just fine. So I think you're going, you're going to fly through it. Um, Yeah, that'd be weird. Like someone will say disadvantage or advantage. I didn't know Pathfinder didn't have disadvantage though or advantage. That's crazy. Yeah, hadn't heard of it. Oh, okay. So you guys no. just have like modifiers plus two plus three to, to your abilities then? Yep. So um, everything that's done in the campaign that's not in combat is um, based heavily off of your skill checks. If you do not have um, ranks or points, you know, written into your skills, you, I'm sure you've seen the list of skills. It's a pretty long list of skills in Pathfinder. Um, so, you know, you only have so many points to spend every level to be able to like, so you kind of have to pick and choose. You really got to think about your team. It's about, you know, what is my team playing? You know, um, perception is probably the best one. One of the things that Nick does and, you know, he can do it because he can build a character and be fine, but he, I feel like he dumps perception every time and he never sees anything coming and he can just kind of roll the punches. It's hilarious that, you know, they'll be like, roll perception. And he'll roll, you know, way low, and and they'll be like, okay, everybody but Nick can see this angry creature running at you guys, and he's just turned around looking at, you know, looking at the sky or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. What's that and, um, over there? Yeah. Exactly, and that's exactly how it is. Like he just never sees anything. <laughs> he's like, it's fine, I'll live, you know. But like I said, he can build a character really well at this point, and he can do it in his sleep. So, have you watched The Office before? I have. I love The Office. So you know that scene is going to show my office door ship right now, but that scene where they're they're taking Pam to the hospital, she's pregnant, and Dwight stops and he's oh like, hey, Michael, there's a deer over there. It was right there last week. Is that like <laughs> is that like him? There's like a huge battle going on. He's like, yeah, that's, that's what I was telling you guys last week. There's something over there. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, um, if you're already in combat, though, chances are you already know what's happening. But yeah, there, I mean, there's stuff like that we love talking about when you roll bad and what happens as a result. You know, do you trip over yourself? And like, how bad is it if it's a nat one? I mean, something usually pretty bad has to happen. Like, I think one of the last sessions we had is somebody rolled a nat one. So he accidentally shot his friend, mm-hmm. but his android so he didn't really take damage so much it was like a little pip you know but yeah, yeah i got him yeah. you know and he's like hey you know because he was right next to the enemy you know For getting sure. shot friends you know yep um yep. it's like stuff like that and it creates like this really funny banter um between the players you know uh, when you fail something you know i usually dump i usually dump strength i actually dump strength in the artificer too i tend to do that because yeah. a lot of the I play aren't physically strong. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny to watch her struggle when she has to make a strength check. You know, every time I've had to make a strength check as a character, I fail miserably. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and on the flip side of that, if you roll a nat 20 on a strength check, something you're not supposed to be doing, and you do it, mm-hmm. it's also, you know, cool for a small character or something like that. Um, on to that, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me 
how people in D&D, and it could be 3.4, it could be any D&D, but how they don't see, like, how these hardships make the game better. And what I mean by that, in our campaign, somebody died, and I told the group, you know, the first 10 levels, if you want to get somebody back, it's there's only one way to do it, and I'm not going to tell you how. So they're the fifth session in trying to get this person back. They've went back in time to get this person. They made a deal with the devil. Um, wow. They almost died twice. But if they would have, if I would have just given them that resurrection, the session afterwards, they wouldn't have traveled back in time. They wouldn't have met with the devil and decided to make a contract that might, may or may not control the future when they get back to the future. So people don't realize these hardships actually make the game like you know fairly enjoyable. That's great. You made a whole nother story out of it, like a whole nother plot line. You were able to kind of run with them. That's crazy. Yeah, and whole new opportunities of XP beyond that. Um, granted, I think I died with my first character. I died like four times in awful ways. <laughs> and awesome. um, what was nice was uh, with the right DM, I think, you know, and, and, and uh, since it was my husband, I'd say probably the only favoritism he showed me, which was almost none, you know, was um, he allowed for um, a, he kind of played an NPC that was a main PC. He was our he was like, um, he had like a headquarters and we had um, these things we were collecting for him because we had to try and kill a god. You know, it was an ancient blue dragon. And um, so he had he had exponential wealth and access to resurrection scrolls sometimes, you know, not all the time, but yep. um, if, if something happened, you know, um, my friends, if they were beholden to do it, could go and potentially get me a resurrection scroll and stuff. And they did. They were really nice and forgiving too while I was learning. Um, but I died like four times and it was terrible. Yeah. And yeah. It's like the gloves are off. If I die, I'm taking another <laughs> you know, or if I really want them to find a way to pay for resurrection, I'm taking a level, you know, like where you end up having like negative levels. Yep. Yep. Or two steps behind the rest of the party, you mm -hmm. know, if you get good. So yep. I don't know that that lasts forever though, but yeah, stuff like that, you know, yep. Yep. My, 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 just might be better off just you know, making a new character. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, sometimes you are, it feels like. Yeah, I totally agree though. And and that was like one of the reasons I want to have the conversation with Pathfinder players was I feel like more five E players, um, because five E came out and as you know, five E came out and Matt Mercer did critical role with all those voice actors. That blew up. And then you had Dimension Twenty that followed along with it. So five E has gotten all this like highlighted success. And in 5e rules, it's kind of vague. A lot of things are vague. A lot of things are really easy. So a lot of 5e players have this like new school connotation with it where there's still there's old school 3.5 and Pathfinder players. And it's almost like a, uh, it's almost like the outsiders by Frank Coppola. You have the 5e and then you have like the 3.5 and uh, Pathfinder. So I've always wanted to like have conversations with people and get more people in 5e to understand like, Hey, you know, some of the things that they're doing, we could probably adopt and make this game overall better. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, somebody asked me that actually when I told them I didn't play fifth edition, I played Pathfinder. He was like, Why would you learn Pathfinder when you can learn something easy like fifth edition? And I was like, Well, I mean, if you think about it, tabletop games, the Dungeons and Dragons is not just a game that you decide to play one night, like it's Connect Four and you take it out and then you put it away. It's it's a commitment. You make a commitment to that game. I would assume any 
And I mean, being that it's so heavily tied to nerddom in general, nerds tend to really like go hard at a hobby that they have and they commit to it and they learn about it and they read about it. And that's really what Pathfinder is, is it's not like it's not a heavy commitment to do fifth edition, but, um, you know, uh, you're also committing to Pathfinder, you know, like I, you know, taught Pathfinder, so I committed to it, you know, that's not to say I can't try fifth edition. I want to try it because yeah. there's a lot players in fifth edition there is pathfinder i only have so many people i can play pathfinder with. yeah and that's that's the other thing i that's why when sixth edition comes out in a couple of years i'm gonna get on the bandwagon right away because i want to keep learning these new ones so i can keep because the bigger it gets the more resources you have it's all going to be tailored toward the new towards the new edition so um i will be moving up as they come out but i do think it's important like when you're uh when nick mentioned pathfinder one shots maybe i was on board right away because i too want to know a little bit more uh get into it um and then there's also like this this you mentioned nerddom earlier but there's also a lot of people who weren't necessarily nerds who are getting into role-playing games whether it be because of you know the popularity of 5e we have one guy who we're trying to contact right now he's i think the fullback for the browns and he's like this huge D and D player, yeah, he's like this huge D and D player. Cool. He's coming out with a lot of stuff. Joe Maganello from Magic Mike, he came out with something called Jocks Machina, where it's like, uh, uh, like Jocks that play D and D. Yeah, no, he's huge into it. He has a he has a Hollywood game with the Game of Thrones directors and writers, The Big Show from wrestling. Vince Vaughn is in his is on his at his table. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. So, looking looking at. Yeah, looking at that though, like you mentioned, you're really competitive. I see like more strict, straight up competitive people getting in this game. Where I think Pathfinder would be like a really good way to get people who are naturally competitive um, to play a game that's just considered, you know, nerdy. Because um, really, it is it is a nerdy game, but there's way more to D and D, and especially way more to Pathfinder. Absolutely, yeah, and I mean, you know. Um... The competitive, uh, the the competitive aspect of it, I, I think maybe that's just part of that whole. Um, it, it depends on what kind of personality you have. You know, how much of a tactician are you? You know, um, I have I've always kind of been, um, you know, into strategy. Uh, not nearly as heavily as you know my husband. Husband is a diehard strategist. He has been playing chess with his mother since he was like six or something, and um, he is insanely good at it. Um, I've never beat him at a game. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying, <laughs> you know, years later came really close once we were playing villainous. I don't know if you've ever played that one. Oh man, I came so close. And then he noticed I was one round away from beating him and he suddenly had me thrown behind him and I was so salty. I couldn't even contain myself how mad I was <laughs> that he caught me right last minute and beat me, you know? And I was like, oh, and he was like, but you were the closest person that's ever come that close to beating me, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's part of the fun for us too, you know, like, yeah, a DM's job is to make sure everybody's having fun and that the whole story's running and the party needs to be participating. But for us, at least at our table, it is a little bit of, you know, how well can the DM challenge the party? You know, how well can you, you know, it's for fun. Like all the time we'll roll a PVP just for fun, just to see, you know, out of character slash in character if our you know if our characters got into a fight what would happen <laughs> you know yeah. how well we built them you know yeah. and i was thinking about doing that coliseum thing because there's just so many different um 
combinations of classes and races that you can make in Pathfinder. You know, they allow a lot of third party stuff um, that I think a Coliseum, you know, I mean, you could probably pit anything against anything and it's very well balanced. You know, we haven't run into a problem yet anyway, as far as unbalanced or OP goes. So, Sure. Um, I saw something on your TikTok. It was a joke and I'd like you to explain it for me because it sounded pretty funny. What does I'm basically a paladin mean? Oh, <laughs> that is um, Nick's excuse for being a murder hobo. Um, it's his, one of his characters is a ninja, who's which is just basically a rogue with swords and ninja stars, essentially. Um, he has a character named Drivik who is a ninja in one of our campaigns that isn't running anymore. But um, my character was a lawful good Um spiritualist and he was chaotic neutral so a lot of his decision making was very much in line with chaotic neutral he would just you know let's get the job done uh burn the building down that's how we get that stuff out of there it's like well what about the children what about the children (laughs) you know and it's like and then like we'd always kind of go back and forth we had this in character banter in and out of character it was basically us in character (laughs) of that's why are you doing that and then he would like jump through hoops and be like i'm basically a paladin what i'm doing is right and i'm like oh my god and then we just tease him now you're basically a paladin right (laughs) (laughs) so everything he does you didn't i didn't wash the dishes are you basically a paladin right yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I didn't wash dishes because I was saving water for the planet. I'm basically a pal. <laughs> so, that's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I came across that, <laughs> and that's what I thought it meant. That's that's pretty funny. It's always funny these weird things you get in D and D where only your D and D friends get it, um, so you can't share it with the world necessarily. But that that's a good one right there. All the inside jokes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton, right. There's a ton of them, which is why you know streaming them is is worth it because you can go back and watch it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I bet I, I end up drawing like comic panels on my TikTok of various things that have happened um, in character, you know, that I thought were funny. Or um, if I hear a sound bite that reminds me of you know something that our characters would have done from a past campaign, I'll like draw a comic panel of it and stuff like that. So yeah. So one interesting thing that happens in D and D Pathfinder is the same way, I'm sure is you all start as this character with this role-playing, with this, um, like, uh, lawful good, your alignment. And as you keep going, we'll have, like, we'll have a a lawful evil person with a lawful good person. But the more you play and play and play, it's like your characters still become so close to each other that there are conflicts, like you were saying, like, hey, don't kill those kids. Like, I wouldn't, I would kill those kids, it doesn't matter. So in Pathfinder, does that change at all? Does does it stay pretty lawful good, you know, lawful evil? Or like in 5e, you find a lot of people who kind of, it all melts into one thing. Like it all kind of like, we'll murder a bunch of, you know, you know, cultists, but then we're not going to touch a kid. Right. Yeah. So I think that um, one thing that I, this is something that Nick will tell me and he says um, he tends to avoid, um, only lawful evil really or chaotic evil really any evil aligned he he has difficulty with in a party he was like in my experience the only time that there's ever been a problem is when somebody is straight across the board evil you know you he was like he was like because their decisions are always going to be evil and so um 
you know, you're going to have a really hard time selling that to even um, a chaotic neutral character. Yep. You know, chaotic neutral character probably would be best considering they're probably only going to do um, whatever they are going to do that's best for them. You know, like they're going to help that evil character as long as they're getting something out of it, you know, um, or true neutral. True neutral, they just don't, you know, they're Switzerland, you know. Um, but if you have even anyone who's chaotic good, you know, even they're going to have a problem with that and there's going to be immediate conflict. And, and maybe it depends on like the campaign story, you know, the story running and stuff like that. But he's like, I, I don't think I've ever really run an evil character because they're really hard to mesh in with everybody. You, you still get that conflict with, I think it's because a lot of our decisions are based off of our alignment. You know, I yeah. think I was seeing on TikTok, somebody was saying, you know, I don't usually use alignment and it's like, well, why not? That would, I mean, not only do skill checks, decide how you're doing things physically in the world but like your decisions are based upon a lot i would say your alignment or your backstory and your experience and then your alignment too i mean what are your goals you know so um i think evil would probably be the hardest i've never played an evil character i wonder if it'd be hard i played lawful good because i heard that was hard yeah. and it was a little bit you know yeah it, it can be for sure uh, I have like yeah, a, I might even have mine shifting. Actually, he was saying he was like, I don't know if she keeps going the way she's going that she's going to be able to stay a lawful good. Yeah, and that does happen too. And you'll see people change gods and whatnot, which is also it can be cool. Um, what's your favorite PC you've played and why? Well, that's hard. Um, I was just telling Nick I don't actually have like a. I've only been playing for about uh, maybe four years. And out of those, I have played a rogue starting out, and then I switched to um, caster, spiritualist. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. I got to play um, not only my spiritualist, but also the phantom, you know? So I had two character sheets, and that was a lot of juggling and, like, a lot of learning. And then I was like, you know, I don't know, you know, for the next campaign, I was like, I don't know, I kind of liked both. I liked being a caster, but I like melee. I like stabbing things. And Nick's like, well, why don't you try a magus? You know, you can cast through your weapon then and you can still be in the fight, you know. And so I played a Magus and then um, I tried a template because you can put vampire templates on top of your character. So um, she became full. She was damp here. Her dad turned her full vampire. And I got to do this whole template where she was suddenly doing some crazy things, but her alignment shifted. She was evil right away. And then, uh, or no, that's right. We discussed it. And because she hadn't fed off of anyone for like the first couple of days even though she was thirsty um she ended up being just neutral like lawful neutral you know um and uh, but she was doing some crazy things like and not dying like I got to be really brave like I'll just run in there and let them you know let them hit me you know and I was like my uh our DM was like you should want to keep doing that because you are gonna die at some point and I was like yeah I should probably stop now you know I should probably not be so I'll just be fine. Someone just grab my body and I'll be fine. I'll regenerate, you know, or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that was crazy. Um, I don't know. I enjoy being a DM in Starfinder. I'll say that much. I really, I don't know if I'm like a forever DM and I don't know it yet. Just because I get to play so many different things and I get to do a bunch of crazy stuff. I don't know. Um, it's hard to say. I want to try my hand at a paladin. I'd love to try a paladin. I'd love to try a barbarian, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. <laughs> so. Yeah. As far as the forever DM thing, I know that seems like it's inevitable for you. Um, I actually started off playing as a DM 
believe it or not. Really? Basically. Basically, I played one campaign uh, to level four, um, the first one I ever did, and I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm playing this for the rest of my life. But then my second DM experience was awful, like very bad. Really? And I was like, well, this this is, cannot just be where it ends because the first one was so much fun. So then we were at, I was at work and a bunch of guys, like, oh, I used to play back in the day, uh, like four or five of them. And then one Cisco was with me. He, he works with me as well. And he's like, oh, I'm kind of busy doing three other things. I can't DM. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just DM and just figure it out. And the first five sessions were rough. Um, they had Everyone had fun, but it was rough for me, just like learning everything. Um, oh, my gosh. It's stressful, right? Very stressful. Yeah. I need to make sure this is fun for everyone. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is. And I'm one of those people who, like, I don't like, I don't necessarily like the, like, the 2D draw uh, grid paper as far as, like, putting okay. it down. I know some people are like, I just do the grid paper, and that's cool. I'm I'm cool with that. But I didn't like it. I like to have like real, like 3D. Like you'll see, I got a bunch of minis back here. And, yeah, I, and mats I made. I made that mat. That a Baylor that you just showed me. It's, it's basically that. It's basically that, but it's got a little different. Like little I drew different. something very similar. It was very cool. Those are cool. Nice. Um, yeah, I love that. I've seen some crazy 3D setups, right? Like I wish I had. Nick and I always talk about when we get a house or one of our rooms in our basement is going to be strictly for gaming and we're going to have that whole crazy setup, yep. you know, yep. dream. Um, where do you see, where do you see yourself with D and D in five, 10, 15 years? Um, I think it's really going to be based upon like what happens on Friday as far as like, um, how often I might play fifth edition. Um, I think that the group of people that I've seen have signed up. Um, I think that I'm, I'm really thinking that we're going to have a good kind of rapport and synergy. I just feel it already. Mm -hmm. People, people in the server in general, in the degenerate server have been really, really welcoming and really nice. So it just feels like we're going to all vibe pretty well and make the story a good one, you know? Um, so I could see myself, you know, definitely jumping in, like having fun on a fifth edition, you know, thing here and there. But I know, I think, especially if the mechanics go the way that, um, I'm thinking they're probably going to go as far as like, uh, just not feeling challenged enough or, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm still really in love with the customization of characters and the way that you can build this in Pathfinder. I think I'll always be a diehard Pathfinder person, always come back to it, always want to play it, always want to run you know, there's still that big homebrew campaign I'm writing for the Underdark, you know, that I'd love to have somebody run at high level. So, I mean, these are high level characters they're going to be put at, you know, but they're almost like godlike status when they get to that high level. Yep. So but you're going to be up against some godlike creatures then too, you know, so you still got to be like smart and think about it, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I'll always come back to that, but I am always open to playing new games. And um, I joined yours because I not a social creature and um that's one of my new year's resolutions is to be more social and to put myself out there in situations that make me incredibly uncomfortable you know um just to kind of have more friends you know so yeah for sure no we're really excited since we started our discord since we, since we started rpd um we always wanted to just we've always talked about just wanting to open up a line of communication between everybody and make it as 
streamlined and as fun as possible. Because one part of D&D that's bad, and Pathfinder is probably just the same, is toxic players are a very real thing. Uh, toxic DMs, toxic players, and toxic environments. And it's one of those games, it's not like, I, I do jiu-jitsu, me and Cisco both do jiu-jitsu. It's not like you can go to a jiu-jitsu academy uh, and just roll with somebody. If you don't like them, just roll with somebody else. It's, it's different. D&D requires an entire environment with people. And if there's one toxic player, it like totally ruins it. So for RPD, we've always tried to be like, well, let's just make something where people can just play and not worry about that. And hopefully we're doing it. And 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 um, this one shot, I hope I feel the same way you do. There's a an eclectic group of people that seem experienced. Um, they seem like they have high energy, and I'm really excited about it. Hopefully we can make Five E a little bit better experience than Nick had. I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for him it was I think, and I always tell him this based upon what he told me. Yeah, there's not much too, much to be done about being like limited to the to the character creation but uh what really got him first and what he said first was that he had this whole backstory idea that he was going to try to run with his friend and at first the dm was like fine with it and then when they get at the table and they're doing it actively or they're trying to you know be these characters suddenly the dm was like you can't you can't play that you know and so that really like takes the wind out of anybody's sails you know when they're like hyped up and they're ready to play this character and you said it was fine and now you're like, oh, actually, that isn't going to work. I mean, I'd even be like, well, never mind then. And he just hasn't had the opportunity to do it again. You know, so it's like, I just think it's, you just had a really bad experience with one DM, you know, and you might have a really good experience with another, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. And I'm kind of curious what that DM was thinking because I've homebrewed, I'm in the process of homebrewing a totally new character that's not in the book at all for my friend who's trying to play, Um and if you look at Critical Role, Matt Mercer homebrews at least two or three characters uh, a session, mm-hmm. it seems like. So I, I don't know exactly what that DM was thinking. The only thing I could think of is like maybe like I don't allow people to use any sort of flight uh, unless it's changed shape or anything until like level three or four. The first two levels. Well, he was playing a warlock. So um, I don't know because Nick can be a... Uh, um... I told him when I first met him that I thought that he was potentially his head was made, of, you know, full of sawdust. He's kind of like a jack. He looks like a jock, you know, yeah. and he definitely carries himself like a jock. Sometimes he can be kind of loud and boisterous and stuff like that. Sure. So I was like, I was like, I think what they had a problem with, and I've heard a lot of people complain on D and D Tech Deck about power gamers, and Nick is for sure a power gamer. As a strategist, he can optimize a character, and he will every time, you know. So um, I could see that maybe being a problem for you know, them and just being like, okay, no, we're going to like nerf your character a little bit. And, you know, and he was like, well, I don't like that. Why would you do that? You know? And then of course that's going to make him be crabby. And, sure. but yeah, so that's probably what it was. Cause he's for sure a power gamer. I probably, I'd never heard the term up until being on TikTok, but I guess I'm probably a power gamer too. Yeah. So, but I like role play too. So I don't just kind of rely on combat. I love role playing too. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I've had to nerf one, one character in the game but that character at level at a lower level was able to access 200 hit points plus do multi-attack where none of my characters were even close to that so like it was one of those situations where i was like man this guy gets more hit points than a adult dragon and he's level five i think i might have to do something how did he do that if you look up there's one character circle of the moon druid it's a subclass, which is like a... That's the one you said no one can play. I'm going to look it up now. Yeah. yeah. No, look great. at it. They, they get to change into, uh, for every short rest, which is 
they only have to rest for an hour with no activity and they oh get gosh. all these hit points back plus it gives you an additional like roll dice for an additional amount of hit points then when you get to level seven they get polymorph on top of that which gives you the ability to have uh, be like a giant ape with over 150 hit points so at level 10 you get more hit points than an ancient dragon wow it's it's insane and that's the only one i've ever nerfed because i was like listen dude you I have to put a lich against you at level five. That's like that's where it's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I imagine for the rest of the party, how fun is that going to be? If you know every encounter that you give them, that's you know balanced for their builds is not balanced for his, and he just kind of comes just you know straight up every time. Can just like as soon as he gets in, you know, gets in on you know um, his turn comes up, he can just kill the thing. You know, it's like that's. Or or he'll outlast the rest of them. So you try to like challenge him, but then it kills everybody else. You know, yeah. So that like to me makes sense. Yeah, and th that was the only time I ever did it. But for the most part, like, and that's the one I'm homebrewing a new class for. I was like, hey, you know, this is just for you have more hit points than you could take on a dragon. As a matter of fact, we had a bar fight scene, and then he fought a, a level twenty monk, and literally, legitimately, almost took the level twenty monk on. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? He's level five. So that's the only time I've ever done it, um, but for the most part, I like whatever you want to do in D and I don't think you should like. There should be no hindrance to it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of went off on a tangent there, but um, we'll cut it off here. But moving forward, I definitely want to talk to Nick. Um, and just for everybody who's watching, how can they find you? Um, Give them your TikTok handle. Throw out a shameless plug. Uh, you know, where can they find you in the future? Um, I am actually I'd have to really like type it out because it's got like a zero in it, but it's hard mode. Um, H A R D M zero D E. I think it's just the handle on TikTok. Um, it's where I do frame laps. You know, pictures of different drawings, and it's usually scenes of my characters, or I'll just do dragons for fun. Um, it's a lot of Pathfinder lore, a lot of Pathfinder references because, you know, we ever played that. Um, I'm sure there'll be some after Friday if something funny happens. Chances are pretty good I'm gonna draw it. That's so awesome. that's awesome. Um but yeah, I'm on I'm on the RPD server. Um I'll be doing some stuff in the new tab that you guys created for Pathfinder. Tonight I'm gonna try and uh pump out some just general stuff that anyone can get started with when it comes to um building a character. I don't think I'll have to dumb it down nearly as much because it sounds like everybody that's interested in learning has been playing 5th edition for years. So um, I don't think it'll be as harrowing. Like, I think anybody that's been playing for that long is going to be able to pick up Pathfinder pretty easily, you know, and sure. figure out how to build the character, you know. Yep. So That's awesome. Yeah, so everybody yeah. who's watching, uh, I want to say thank you to Reese. It's been great. Um, hopefully we can get her on back here soon. Also, we're going to be streaming the one shot this weekend. You can see her there. Um, otherwise, uh, Reese, I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Yeah, it was good to talk to you, Steve. Awesome. All right. See ya. Bye.